I think if everyone got together, everything would be fine. <laughs> no, I, it, right. Yeah. No, it would. My my point is that my brother doesn't know who Scotty is, and Dustin doesn't know who Mike's dad is. You know what I mean? There, right. There's just there's communication branches, and there's just not. And then there's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> lost. It was just lost. <laughs> Still. Welcome to Atlas Bach, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 34 entitled, Buddy Buddy Farm Team Bullshit. Okay, hello, boys. J-Lo, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Swag, what's going on? What's happening, fellas? Good to be here. We're going to start without Greg. He's got really important work event meeting. He's probably doing shots right at, at the bar right now. <laughs> so if he does show up, it should be a lot of fun. I think what we want to do is uh, just move through the scores from last week. And it would help if I had the fucking scores up, wouldn't it? <laughs> This is so weird. I'm so used to just being able to look at the scores. You probably don't want to look at the last score. <laughs> well, the good thing was there was no friggin' drama, right? That is true. <laughs> I think I texted you on Wednesday night to ask if I can concede, or was that Tuesday night? It was Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Uh, I think it was Wednesday. If I could just conserve my points for the next week, just give you the win, <laughs> pack up my stuff. Well, that would have been a good strategy for me, too. Because I probably had uh, enough to win by Thursday. Yep. Burn them up, buddy. Burn them up. There you go, Joe. Pull your dick out. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. <laughs> uh, was that on the record? I just want to know. Was that on the record? Um, <laughs> so let's take a look at the scores. So we had Rudin Metal just destroying 47 Ronin. I, I almost doubled 47 Ronin score. So good job, Joe. We had Lethal Injection and the Street People. That was a close one. Lethal Injection did end up with the win, beating his pops by a slim margin. We had the Philadelphia Experiment 2 go down to the Omission Commission. This was a close one pretty much through all the week, but then Omission Commission came on strong over the weekend. St. Low Cash. Woohoo! Stink Fist. Did away with Mr. Blonde's Heroes. Pretty easy. This game wasn't, uh, I think, after Tuesday or Wednesday, it wasn't even close. St. Low Cash is our only undefeated team. In the league, is that correct? That is not correct. Who's the other? And, Hell and, no. 
Oh, that's right. Where are you? Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Oh, jeez. Come on. All of a sudden, they forget about it. Joe, seriously, pull your dick out, Joe. I was taking a nap. It's nice to be atop the power rankings with a 29.5. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so rear metal. How could I forget? 3-0. and But St. Lokash! Woo! And then the uh, Dreamers uh, took down the punks pretty easily. Wasn't even much of a game. So a lot of snoozers this week. So lethal injection and uh, pops. That was about the closest. And this week is done. And I, for one, am super happy uh, to move on. Before we go, Joe, I don't know what your logo is. It looks like something on fire, but I can't quite tell what it is. It's just a bucket of molten metal. Oh, that's reared metal. There you go. It's not. It's not complicated. Looks like a rearview mirror on a motorcycle for some reason. It's a very strange picture. I like setting things on fire. I I don't know, Jack. What do you think? I mean, Joe's team has come out of the gates solid, and he doesn't even have all of his players kicking on all cylinders. He has enough of those guys to to pick up the slack on a regular basis. First of all, the difference between Stanton and, say, my outfield is a 2.6 is a bad week for Stanton. My, my guys have a bad week. It's a one. Um, so, but, but during it, you can easily absorb a 2.6 when Hoskins is getting you a seven, two bets is getting you a seven. It's got eights and nines on the infield with Correa, Machado, Moustakas. Scary part about Joe's team right now is not the guys that are supposed to be doing it. You know, like Bellinger didn't do shit for the first couple of weeks and Joe went two and oh, right. Right. You know, Moustakas is is uh, all just a fucking beast all of a sudden, I guess, <laughs> this last couple of years. So, uh, you know, that's the scary part to me. It's, it, you know, Albea and, and, and Merrifield, and it's the, um, the plug-in players that he's going to be able to put around those stars. And those stars, even with their ups and downs, like I said, he has enough of them. I think they're going to be able to carry each other. This could be a, a, a you know, I, I know... It was a little tongue-in-cheek, or at least I feel like it was when you started dubbing him the no. greatest team of all time. No. But it uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, the two Not of you have... <laughs> you can try. I'm holding a mirror up. This team has a lot of volatile players on it, players that can go on streaks, do, you know, put up tons of points, and then the next week be cold. I don't typically build teams like that. My team is the way it is right now because I was trying to catch Jack last year. So otherwise, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't even consider having a guy like Stanton on my team. I, I just I don't like players like. I, I know he's a great player. He puts up a lot of points, but I like players like Correa. You know the Trouts of the world that that are consistently good. A bad week for those guys is a five. Th- those are typically what I'm trying to put together, and, and this is just a different team for me. So it's it's going to be interesting for me. Looks good so far, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. I would absolutely agree. When you kind of put the standings together, the fact that, you know, Reardon Metal is 3-0 in the big boy division. We've got Omission Commission and Lethal Injection, both that 2-1. The Philadelphia Experiment 2, after a a great week one, has dropped two. And, you know, uh, in in your defense, you've had more uh, more points scored against you than Lethal Injection, and you've actually scored more points than Lethal Injection. So, Jack, um, so the Philadelphia Experiment, from a team perspective, uh, isn't all that bad. And you're you're literally just, you know, a couple of points. You're you're literally a home, a three run home run behind omission commission or pretty close to that. And, And you've had more points scored against you. And you've had way more points scored against you than Reardon Metal. So in an interesting way, the Philadelphia Experiment is actually by no means out of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in last place in my division, which is 
what everyone expected. Right. And actually, I, I, I think my best week was the first week. I actually lost that one. I, I won second week. So I've lost one and then lost this one. This time I was not as impressive. I was definitely on the bottom half of the score this week. So there is a, um, to give Joe another little uh, shout out while patting my own back, there's a new uh, category on the the um, standings there. I, I just noticed today it's, um, if you go down a, a few spots, it's owner stat. So what they're doing is, um, taking the amount of times that you go against their projections and the percentage of, uh, and the amount of times that you're correct and then giving you a percentage and they actually calculate the points, um, that you have gained or lost. And, um, so again, Joe, for instance, seven, uh, total coaching risks, they're calling it. So seven times more than anyone in the league so far, Joe has gone against the grain and hit five of those seven times he's actually gained points um so 71 percent of the time he's beating the projection well that's insane and, uh, oh wait no no <laughs> yeah. that's just the giganti method right okay yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah, okay exactly, yeah uh, well, uh well so, you, you know you can well, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and lean on this for uh for a little while uh this year because i uh so far i'm actually four out of five so i've, <laughs> I've actually hit on 80 80 percent i'm guessing uh, because of the amount of points, I'm guessing that probably has to do with the Phillies, uh, one of those weeks. But um, so with staff, it's all you know, it's going to be mm-hmm. a jaded uh, number ultimately. But it's kind of a cool stat now that they're uh, they're supplying. Well, you know, you can you can start digging deep into this stuff, and if you really want to do that, you can you can lessen the impact of my three wins by pointing out that I've played Little Sisters of the Poor the first two weeks. You know, teams that are are not supposed to be in it. I got lucky playing Tim that he had his worst week of the season so far, you know, the, the, and that's to Tim's point that, that the, the teams that are down at the bottom of the standings are, are certainly not out of it. They can, you put together the right number of points against the team that's playing poorly one week and you get a win. Yeah, who you've played so far doesn't matter, Joe. You scored 181 points in three games. You're 20 something points ahead of the pack right now. Uh, the only reason you're not perfect in the power poll is because Chris got his third win. You're sharing the the record with Chris. Is, is it too late to jump on St. the St. Locash uh, bandwagon? I'm already on it, dude. There's plenty of <laughs> room. Yeah, you, you're steering. I'm I'm ready to climb aboard yeah. that one. It's it's pretty damn good. You know, it's interesting that if you if you look at the uh, the power rankings, the the four teams that we thought were going to be the best teams are the top four in the power rankings. And to Justin's credit, the other team he threw in there was the dreamers and they're actually at the top of their division. So, so we, we appear to have gotten it more right this year than last year. So. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think everybody had somebody in you know, four out of the top five teams at this point where the, where the, um, the question again was the, the second place team in the one division and the second place team in the other division and who's going to get that spot. But, um, yeah, again, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting season that the, the things that, that, like I said, that do jump out at this point, obviously I hate to bring it up, Tim, but we're three weeks in and Tim again is second in scoring and with a one and two record. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, the curse may be have been altered. Yeah, we can, um, we can so. talk about some moves that were made. I mean, I fired my batting coach and made a couple of personnel changes, so we'll <laughs> we'll take a look at that. And, and and as you talk about the McGuire division, so the Dreamers have taken a lead, two, two wins, one loss. 
Uh, Ronan is at one and two, and, and Bad Street's at zero oh and three. But yeah, most points scored against is as again forty seven Ronan. So the the dice just aren't warm. I mean, I should just change my name to the forty seven Chillers. I think um, <laughs> because I'll take anybody's offense and and make it cold if it's on my team, and anyone's offense if it's on someone else's team and make it hot. <laughs> yeah, we've we've put up some points for sure. I put aside all of my analysis and I put aside all of my take it easy. It's just two games in. It was just too much to bear after what happened last year. So um, I did make some changes. We can dig into that in a little bit. And uh, I think some of those changes caused a little bit. So, but the dreamers, yep. Dreamers are two and one. Uh, so dreamers atop the McGuire division, St. Locash stink fist. Woohoo. Atop the Bonds division and Reardon Metal atop the Griffey division, big boy division. So that's where we stand, gentlemen. So let's go ahead and take a break, uh, refill our drinks, and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the changes that were made on my team and maybe some of the controversy that was caused by doing so. excited to have you greg and uh you know good job putting the work in uh, we definitely respect that and we're very happy to make the adjustment so we can get you on atlas bach episode 34 and uh, you know I, I keep thinking about the text messages that were going back and forth about some player moves although we don't have chris and mike on the call i know that jack has spoken to both of them extensively and basically volunteered to step up and argue their points Jack, their guardian ad litem as far as the podcast. <laughs> that is correct. That is absolutely correct. Basically, we had uh, several personnel moves last week. We also had a smart-ass owner with a 29-and-a-half power pole lead making a snide remark, which set off a firestorm or a few notes and a bunch of tweets about the absurdity of our buddy-buddy farm league where there's a few select few of us who actually just trade amongst each other uh attached to this and we've posted it up on the atlas bog instagram feed is a map of what we think the actual layout of the podcast universe is uh so if you're really interested if we talk about this this map go ahead and check it out i think it nails it pretty accurately and uh i love that joe is lost off in the northern seas somewhere so does that sound right to you, Jack? Does that capture the situation as uh, as you see it? Essentially, yes. Um, it, there was a lot of emotion, there, <laughs> uh, probably more than there should have been prior. You know, people should probably count to five before they uh, before they post. But yeah, what 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 essentially happened was Joe, really, who wasn't a part of any of it initially, kind of started the situation. The 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 trade happened between you and Greg, the Astros 
and uh, Clint Frazier for Nomar Mazzara and the Cardinals. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that um, a terrible trade? I mean, Mazzara's a good young player who drove in 100 runs last year. Yeah, and some guys like him more than others. So there was a little bit of question about the trade itself, but that was not the primary point of reason for starting the conversation that my brother did. Mike is, is not a fan. Um, you know, Chris questions i mean and he's one of those guys we've talked about it he's friggin 22 22 yep and people are are starting to give up on him you know once again i talked to the you know my brother and 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 my the he kind of understood you know realized that that was the case and and again the guy is young he could start hitting fucking 40 home runs a year and he he drove in 100 runs last year. he's batting third for a major league baseball team yeah he's 22 I have a, a shit ton of prospects, tons of, of whom were on my disabled list, and, and none of them were in the majors like I thought they would be, like Willie Calhoun and so forth. Unless I'm going to stock my bench with minor league players, I need major league players. I, I think Clint Frazier may pan out and be good, but he's blocked at the major league level right now. He didn't do well in his call-up last year. I don't like Yankees. You know, all of those things combined. I needed to get rid of somebody. I was going to be dropping players. And so I was well, like, the, yeah, you know what? I'm going to overpay a little bit for Mazzara but because I have to or I'm going to lose any value that I had for Clint Frazier. I, even I, when, when I rolled out of bed and looked at the trade, my initial response was that was cheap. Like, yeah, I, I thought you could have got more. That was just my initial thought. Again, giving respect to the fact that the guy's 22, batting third, so on. So I, I, I agree and understand. So that was a, a minor part of it. The two main questions are, why did he trade the staff so early? He's giving up. Does he not want to win? Which is ironic from the way we've been talking so yeah. far this season. But that was the initial thought process. Now. That was coming from my brother, who doesn't listen to the fucking podcast. So, to me, you trading the Astros that quickly made sense. a matter of fact, me and Mike, prior to the draft, thought it was interesting that you held on to the pick, that you hadn't traded the pick with all the other moves you had made this year, much like myself. We talked about the value of the pick versus who he's going to pick and And Mike actually made a comment. The only way that staying with the pick becomes more valuable is if he takes the Astros and they start out with 13s and 14s the first couple weeks and then he dumps them, which is what happened. So Mike understood that. I understood it because I'm on the podcast. I've heard you offer the Astros out multiple times. However, my brother hadn't and didn't. So my brother's under and, and really didn't even pay attention to the fact that you gutted your team much like myself. So his mindset is all of a sudden there's somebody in the league that's trading literally the probably the best start for any pitching staff in the history of fantasy baseball. And they're doing it for this dude. Why is he doing that so early? Do I think uh, empirically that Mazzara is the best and accurate return for the Astros? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I agree that you could get something better in theory. You know, who, who's going to give me somebody better than Mazzara for a pitching staff, a one-year rental? It's only going to be teams that feel like they have a chance to win. And on last week's podcast, I even I threw it out to Joe, and I, you know, and there was you know kind of laughter because Joe has two equally. Uh, impressive pitching staffs. Your brother, uh, based on history, doesn't make trades, you know, uh, or not True. with me at least. Have you ever made a trade with Chris or Mikey? Me? Yeah. Mikey, yeah. Okay. Not Chris. So, and, I've so, made, uh, and I've made offers to Chris. 
And, and like last year, we talked about it. He, he possibly could have made the playoffs if he'd made a pitching staff pick. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, in theory, if if we were like assessing uh, objective value of these picks, uh, is, is Mazzara good enough to get the Astros? Maybe not, but but uh, it's like antiques, you know. It's only he's they're only as valuable as, as what somebody is willing to pay. Are you calling me an antique, Greg? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so <laughs> that mile. actually that actually leads into the the second question, um, yeah. and, and which you know is a in my opinion at least a legitimate question. I actually have the knowledge. You don't, but however, oh, look at that. What a power move by Jack there. I have the knowledge I've talked that you to, don't. I've talked oh, okay. to Mike. My point is, Mike is one of those people. Mike wanted the Astros. Mike would have paid for the Astros. And Mike feels, and I don't know, but he feels he would have given you more than what he saw go across the board. So that was the next question so is, why didn't he shop? Yeah, why didn't he shop the up. Astros? You know what? You. Because it, what? Yeah, you yeah, listen, let, let's say there was no podcast as there wasn't for every year of this league's history until last year, then nobody would know what my mind was. It's, it's, it's like it's my responsibility to go to each and every owner and say, do you want them? Do you want no, them? That's not want responsibility. Them? That's, I, I, that's I made an assumption that the person who would give me what uh, I consider to be maximum value was Tim. You know, I was trying to capitalize on the fact that Tim had built uh, a really strong team that had got off to a bumpy and unfortunate start and was looking at Joe as a, as a real challenge. And I thought, you know what, Tim's the guy who I can get something good from. And what I was looking for was an outfielder specifically who was in the majors, who was young, who had upside, you know, and I actually, I did ask for more initially and, and it just, you know, that was, I, that's what I was able to negotiate, you know? And it, and it again, it, it, like I said, it's not, ridiculous for your team in your situation but there are just some things so so you you, you so, admit and you're not you you're aware that your team is going to score less points now right like that's an uh, almost absolute yeah. like there's no way yeah. your team is going to score more points this year no Which I, again, I, guess I could see that um although n- I mean, compared to, you know, I had like Sin Shu Chu in the outfield the one week, and he had one good week, and then he scored like 0. 0.8 points. But the so, Astros you know, it, are going to be. Right, right. But if I, but, but I'm, it's not like I'm going without a pitching staff. If no, I can get you, a pitching staff that scores 10 or 11 points a week, and I have an outfielder that scores six points a week versus, a, versus I mean, I don't think the Astros are going to maintain that, that historic pace. You brought up an interesting point, Greg. You said, um, you said, hey, pre-podcast, no one would know what we're thinking. And and one of the things I want to say is that the four of us are laying out to the world from Russia to Korea to right. Phoenix to New England. For sure. What our mindsets also are. Also Des Moines, I heard we have De- a big Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Yeah, actually, uh, pretty big. Yeah. There's a fan club meeting there tonight, actually. Uh, we should live podcast from there. To the bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> Skip's Bowling Alley. That's awesome. You've done your research. So we, here we are laying it out, exposing Joe's strategies, laughing at Tim's bad luck, all that stuff, right? And there are other conversations that are going on that aren't broadcast. So when Jack talks to Mikey, no one hears. The only reason we're hearing about this is because Jack is saying, hey, sure. in the interest of good journalism, I'm bringing this up right now at the podcast. The other piece of this is, which which is super interesting is that the podcast is recorded on Sunday nights typically. I know tonight, or it was on Monday night and Wednesday night this week, so it's going to be a little later. 
there's a delay in the conversations that we have to anyone who cares to listen. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is a, a, an advantage in one hand, but we erase that advantage by anybody who's listened to the entire podcast. And in, in case in point would be Scotty. Scotty is an avid balker. He is on it. And he's listened, and he has changed the way he plays the game. Essentially, listening in on our conversation. Right, right, yeah. and that, and I, and I absolutely, you know, explain. I, I said, Chris, first of all, if you don't listen to the fucking podcast, that's up to you. It's not that we're so great; you need to listen to it. <laughs> but there's literally a podcast about the league you play in right, once right. a week. It, it takes an hour out of your fucking week to listen to it. There's there's a guy in fucking North Dakota that knows more about what's going on. He knew Greg was trading the Astros. <laughs> But you didn't because you weren't fucking listening. So well, that's no, I, I want to go the other the other. I'm sorry. The other aspect uh, I did want to bring in and I did point out to Chris the podcast. And this kind of goes the other way is it just seemed abnormal to trade that good of a staff that early without shopping them. That's a little abnormal. Tim, if you were doing it, you would have mentioned it to a few people. I would have. That's just so it was a little abnormal. But my point to Chris was because of the podcast, because of this other communication that's going on, the advancement of the league, the evolving, Greg might think he has shopped the Astros. He said it so many fucking times. I've heard him say it multiple (laughs) times to multiple people. So he may feel like he has fucking shopped them. He just didn't say it to you two, and you two don't listen to the fucking podcast. So, well, right. And, and, And well, and here, honestly, let's do this by process of elimination. The only person who I didn't shop them to that maybe I should have is Mike. Pops didn't have any players that I wanted. Joe, by all accounts, doesn't need them. Jack, you know, you're in the same kind of rebuilding mode as me. So I didn't think that you would be willing to give up young talent for a team if you're not really feeling like you have a great shot. Um, LJ, I've never made a trade with. Not only that, I never made a trade with, he doesn't even respond to me. You know, and that's fine. You know, you know, (laughs) and your brother, I don't think he would have responded to me. So maybe Mikey, you know, so I'm human, you know, but again, those guys aren't in like uh, uh, sensory deprivation tanks uh, and they only uh, get the the hatch opened up on Sunday to change their fucking lineups. You said, Jack, that Mikey thought it was curious, that I didn't trade the pick and I took the Astros and I might be flipping them. So why didn't he proactively reach out to me and be like, hey, dude, uh, you're you're one and two. You choose to move on from the Astros. Give me a shout. I'd be interested. And he talks to you about the fact that I, I seem primed to flip the uh, the team. You know, he can call you. He can text me. No, he, had, I, he hadn't mentioned it since the draft. We talked about well, it at know, the draft hey, or prior yeah, to the draft. Well, you know, that. but again, so so if, if I uh, defied his expectations. Maybe he was watching it, Jed Lowry. And, well, and... I, so basically <laughs> what you're saying is he, he had an idea that I might trade them, but I defied his expectation with how quickly I made that move. You know, but he's the only person who might have traded with me. Honestly, I, I don't recall specifically. I do look at the website all the time. I may have looked at his lineup and said, you know what? Who I think he would give me isn't anybody I want. That's, and you that's know? possible. Yeah. And, and again, Mikey wasn't, you know, uh, again, obviously Mikey didn't post any messages on the yeah, website right. or anything yeah, yeah. else. And, you know, some of this stuff, like I said, it does have, a, you know, some some deep seated, again, that map made sense for a reason it made us all laugh for yeah. a reason uh you know lj doesn't true. communicate with anyone you know scotty and chris i believe messaged each other for the first time uh, a few days ago correct these different groups that that are 
come into the league and and for whatever reason there's um this lack of a, a bridge of communication and it's not by anyone's fault it definitely exists and and if mike's dad is trading somebody everybody knows that mike has a better chance than anybody else of getting him that he'll probably hear it first because they talk because they're you know what i mean same thing with um I wouldn't expect LJ to know that Eldon's offering somebody up before Tim does or before Greg does. Um, There's a couple of points I want to make. First of all, listeners, Joe is on the podcast. (laughs) I I want to make sure that everybody understands that. I think I predicted it would go this way. You you did. You you actually started this whole thing. Uh, We'll get into the gigante method that you're using. But yes, that did get in. Number two, Greg and I actually have a storied history with Mazzara. And when Greg and I both lived in the same town in Portland, Oregon, we spent a few nights drinking talking about Mazzara. And we have traded Mazzara a few different times. And I, we probably... That was brought up as well. Yes. We, <laughs> we, we probably are bigger fans of Mazzara than maybe other folks are. He, he's in, you know, a lot of guys are in double A at that age or triple right. A. I agree. You know, Agreed. and we've talked endlessly on this podcast about late bloomers and about pulling the plug on players and, and labeling them bust prematurely. And he had, he had a hundred runs dri- driven in last year. He, I think, he had ninety six or seven points last year. All right. Well, uh, he does play in Texas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But no, I I like him. Like I said, it it, it that, that's a, a small part, and and that was kind of my explanation to the whole thing. Is it, it was a bunch of little things put together that created this emotional response. It was this already existing lack of communication from here to there and here to there combined with the fact that obviously Tim and and Joe's teams are pretty good. So then when Joe made that comment in response to Tim making that move, that's what prompted my brother's response. So it was, it wasn't just Mazzara for the Astros. It wasn't just he traded the best staff two weeks in. He's giving up. It wasn't just. It was a, a combination of all those things. And I think after the fact, everyone realized that they all made a little bit more sense than they thought. I will also point out that it awoke the zombie team. We actually got a note on the site from Eldon. He called me <laughs> twice. He called me twice over the Oh! Weekend. He called me Monday night at when I, I was in my hotel room like 10 o'clock at night, and he called me, and he was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I was like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, what's going on in the league right now? And I was like, it was after uh, you made the Harper trade uh, and your, and Jack's brother was like, why, why are you doing that? Or, you know, why do you feel like you no, need to do that or something? Like that. He wasn't, wasn't that he the- was talking to you. He oh. was, see, that's what he, you made a smart ass comment on the Harper thread. Oh, well, there's the answer. Cause I'm a smart ass. <laughs> well, no, you, you I was said you were going to make an offer, but you didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and in right. response to that post, my brother was saying, why would you trade the Astros so early is what he was saying. He wasn't, uh, nobody had any beef with the Harper trade. No. Everybody was cool with it. Now I, I will say. And he was Harper offered trade. to everybody. Oh, Maybe wait, that hold makes on. A he wasn't offered to me. <laughs> Did did I hear Joe? Did I hear did Joe Joe? Are you gonna say something? I was. Were you, were you talking to a plant, or were you actually? No, I was gonna point out that you know all these people are bitching about the four of us trading in our in our buddy buddy group or wherever they say that's going. Nobody ever responded about trading me a pitching staff. All, all these people that are complaining about not being able to trade with the group haven't heard a damn thing about it. I don't think anybody wants you to have a pitching staff. Well. <laughs> It isn't about wanting somebody to have something or not. You either want to trade or you don't. And if you don't want to trade, don't bitch when other people do it. Well, and, and I, I, I used to always use, maybe until like the last two or three years, I gave up on it. But I always use that on the block feature 
that CBS has. As does Pops. Yeah, we were the only two. They either just don't care yeah, or, or, the, or what I put on there wasn't appealing to them. So, you know, I'm not really interested in, like, people's bitching and moaning. What really is the reason for this league? When I thought through it, it had actually nothing to do with trades and everything to do with a great group of guys getting together. Once I had seen all this, I knew I was getting tired of Harper. Jack's method of just every fucking podcast saying Harper's cursed actually worked. I started to, like, just get sick every time I saw him get up, and I said, I got to move this guy. I got to erase the curse. I got to get rid of him. Normally, I would have done what you did, Greg. I would have looked through the, the teams. I would have said, okay, who do I want? And I would have gone and made a targeted offer. But what I did in this case was I texted the entire group and said, hey, Harper's available. So a couple owners were like, yeah, whatever. And I got into it with Chris. I, I got deep into it. I actually made him an offer. He decided not to take it. I got into it with Mikey, and the great thing was I was driving to a lacrosse game, so my wife was on the phone. She let Mikey know that, that she was the one that was texting as I was telling her what to say, and they got in a conversation, and I was like, that felt good. That felt really good. And then I kind of went through the league, and what ended up happening was I ended up training Harper to the Nats fan in, in our league. Uh, it had nothing to do with the, the fact that Scotty was there. What happened was I had Scotty and I had Jack. And both were interested. And I think Bacher Nation needs to know that Jack was willing to sacrifice his go young strategy <laughs> at one point. Three weeks in. Three weeks in. Now, obviously, those more astute listeners or the people that are up on MLB know that there's a potential that Harper could go to the Phillies. And, of course, that's going to bring Jack in. And so Jack and uh, Scotty both knew that I was talking to each other. But opening it up to the league didn't essentially change much of anything on the outcome, but it, it helped me reconnect with the league. I thought that was great. And, uh, you know, I felt good with the trade I got. And I want to make sure that I separate. Chris was was emotional and, and passionate. And, and, again, he's calmed down a bit since I've talked to him about some of these things that he didn't know or realize. Mike had a, a different mindset. Mike simply does not like Nomar Mazzara. So there's a combination in Mike's head of, holy shit, that's all he had to do to get the Astros? Fuck, I would have done more than that. That was his response mentally to it. But again, he doesn't like Mazzara. That's his opinion. Well, And I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Mikey. It could have been Chris. Back in 2014, when I made a trade with the Dreamers, I got a similarly snarky remark online. Uh, when I traded uh, Yasiel Puig to the Dreamers for George Springer. Like, it was a similarly snarky remark, and, you know, the presumption that, oh, because I know Eldon, that I was giving him a sweetheart deal on Puig for Springer. But we know how that's turned out. Another question that came up, and I'm interested, I was just just interested, did you try to get the Nationals back? No. No? Yeah, I mean, maybe I undervalued them. You know, their one-year rental... Would you have given him the Nationals back? No. No, he would. I, I, I mean, you know, and I asked for more originally, but I, I, I took what I thought I could get. And, I, and I, honestly, I think the Astros are going to be good this year, but I was also trying to strike while the iron was hot because they and were off to such a great start, you know. Yeah, yep. yep. And, and, and again, I knew your, your overall philosophy. You can't. Yeah. You can't keep saying I'm trying to win every every week now, but but well, I, I knew you're over full, you know. You're, so again, it, it's not uh, it didn't make sense. It was like I said, a, a combination of, of a few yeah. different things and, and a couple of varying opinions on a guy that, again, is yeah, the epitome it, of who we talk about. Twenty two and people are giving up on him. We've talked yeah, about and, size. and he's my this is my team. You know what I mean? And, and like the yeah. whole talk about yeah. then collusion started getting thrown out there. Guys, none of us were even in the fucking championship last year. 
So if we're colluding, <laughs> they should hope that we collude more because we colluded our we collectively colluded our way to to the sideline. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it's I mean, two of us are two of us are have a pretty good fucking teams and two of us have openly said that we're in rebuild, but well, yeah. I, I know, but we're talking, you know, the, the, the implication isn't that this is just something that sprung up last week, but that we are the four of us actively in collusion. You know, well, that, that, I, I don't think it's any, yeah, it's not necessarily the four of us. There's, you know, the guys Tim brought in who don't necessarily communicate with the guys that were old school. And then there's Joe. Um, Scotty and, barely responds to my trade request. I think right, I right, right. And that's what I said. Right. I said there's yeah. certain guys. Right. I, I, the only reason I know Scotty is because of the podcast. So, yeah. but I, you know, I did tell Mike and Chris, you know, you guys, you know, they, they were doing this with us out of the USA Today back in the 90s. And the fact of the matter is the league is is evolving with the podcast, with the group text, with there's a lot of fucking information that's going back and forth that you're not privy to because you're not paying attention. And that's well, your call. I mean, and, and what particularly pisses me off and I feel it personally is because, like I said, in some of the text to you guys on Saturday, I joined prior to the expansion of the league. You know, I was in for two or three or four years before Scott and Eldon joined. That's correct. And I knew Tim and I knew you a little bit, Jack, because you were the commissioner and you would occasionally text me, uh, hey, great, whatever, give me some feedback. Or occasionally if there was a judgment call to be made about letting a guy start even though a game was started, which, by the way, I always said yes to those fucking whiny bitches and let <laughs> them do it. You know, and I, I didn't care. I wasn't pouting about it. They would reach out to me and say, hey, Greg, I know that the other seven of us are all lifelong friends, but we, no one knows you, but we want to welcome you and we want you to know that, you know, we're happy to engage with trades with you. Of course not. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't, and, I didn't and, pout about it. And part, and part of it is, honestly, is is that you know their their own fault. Like I said, it's not necessarily it's my brother is not part the, of it. The, it's all the, their own social. Fault. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not, everybody could, you know, everybody has the opportunity to introduce themselves totally. to each other. And and again, you know, it'd be nice if if you know the league uh, could afford to to get us all together here and oh, there no, to where everybody I, I do could take it back. each other. Pops, but. pops traded with me in those early years. Pops oh, reached out to me. That was just to take yeah. advantage of you because you were yeah, there. I, no, honestly, but Pops did reach out to me. <laughs> we did make trades. So, you know, anybody could have done that. That was but just to butter did. you up so we could take advantage yeah. of you. You no, were nobody, nobody did but Tim <laughs> and Pops. So, you know, did, was I blasting off mournful texts or uh, emails? Yeah. Like I said, my my brother can be emotional. That's the one thing. He doesn't talk much, but when he does, and um, it's usually at um, at drastic points. So it's it's one point or the other. I think the fact that all of a sudden he found himself in competition with Tim and Joe for a moment there, it's um, you know might have had something to do with it too. So not that that makes it right. In fact, it makes it wrong. Uh, but I, I would be surprised if that didn't play some part in his reaction was, God damn it, the Tim's getting better and this fucking guy, Joe, with 62 fucking points is whining about it. Chris, you get more, you attract more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Well, boys, I think we, we worked through that well. And Jack, you did a good job of uh, bringing this up to uh, to the league. And if hopefully maybe Chris is listening, he can hear how well you represented his thoughts. Cardinals are available, Chris. Cardinals are available. <laughs> the Cardinals are available. So let's go ahead, take a pause, refresh our drinks. Joe, take another shot of NyQuil, and we'll be back in just a minute. 
I tell you you haven't heard a hundred times about the man who didn't know he'd lost his mind he didn't know he'd lost his mind he really thought that he was fine Joe's not been saying a heck of a lot tonight, but boy, given that this is a Skype call, we actually can see him, and Joe's video presence is strong tonight. Joe's head reminds me of a juniper bush that I have around the corner. (laughs) You know, I was talking to a bamboo plant today, and I didn't know why. (laughs) And I said, wait a second, you're not my accountant. (laughs) Like, I, I, you know, come on, guys, like, uh, in reality, weren't you a little worried when, you know, Greg, you had talked about this on the last podcast, uh, the last episode, I, I, Joe texting pictures of plants looking like people. That is, no, not... I was, I was genuinely worried. Yeah. And in, so... in some, I, I had a question that Joe still hasn't answered at the end of that, uh, stream of consciousness, uh, series of texts, you texted three times. You texted a period with you know inside parentheses and i was like what the fuck does that mean yeah the last couple have been out there yeah okay uh before we go any (laughs) further i just want to say fucking bruins won baby they won yes i did not have to follow the penguins um wow wow is that a three three series now tim no, no, that, that was the, the that was the elimination game, and we oh, were God. down four three okay. when I got on the podcast and started to. Uh, Guess uh, I can erase that off the DVR too. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you never would have stayed awake to watch that game. No, I was going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh shit! That's true. That's true. Joe doesn't travel out into society, so you know he could effectively have had uh, avoided the news and of that game perpetually. Joe is trying to Chris shame me. Is that right? Would I do that? He's getting mad at me for not staying on top. See, the, 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 the dark side of Joe is truly emerging. He did do a Sith imitation on the podcast. But episode three, this is the uh, the transformation of Anakin here. We, we, we <laughs> from, from, if, I duck, if I duck down like this, my head does kind of look like a Death Star. <laughs> or Darth Vader's helmet. Dark helmet. So, Joe, what do you think? so we we so in uh you know the last episode we we jack and i just continued assaulting joe on his colombo strategy we tried and tried and tried and i think he realized that this he he just we we were going to come at him like the allies against the axis and just not stop and what happened was there was this subtle shift and the subtle shift was 
he really started to give our our text feed uh, random texts that were kind of a little unmoored. Greg, you said you were a little worried. I think that what he's doing is he's using the Gigante mobster strategy where he's pretending to be unmoored, a little insane, using kind of the insanity to continue this thought that he doesn't know what's going on. My question really is to Jack and to Greg. Do you think that's an active strategy on Joe's part? Because um, I was reading those texts, and, and frankly, at one point, and I'm, I'm in the Western time zone, there were no responses. Joe was just going on and on and on. I didn't know who he was talking to. And uh, I love Joe. I He's a great friend. And I, I started to get worried. And then I thought, you know what? I wonder if he's actually actively feeding this. Listen, I'm not exaggerating. Joe, I love you. I, we've become good friends. I really do. But I was frightened, you know, and uh, and I don't, I'm not saying that lightly. And I thought, do I want to feed into this? And I thought, even if I wanted to, to play into this, I have no idea. How do you, Tim, how do Jack? How do you respond to uh, uh, a period in parentheses three times? You know, uh, you know, I honestly, you know, I, I was going to take a picture of a goldfish and, you know, I, I didn't know how to respond. There, it was just, you know, it, it's like surrealism. You know, uh, Joe is a texting surrealist. I, I honestly had no idea. And then it was an active he, Dada experiment, right? I mean, it, uh, it really, I mean, yeah. Oh. Yeah. When, when he started saying that that plant in his backyard looked like the bass player from Boston, or was it the drummer? Yeah. No, it was Sib Hashian, the drummer. Uh, of course. Same, well, same you, hair. You say, you say it's like... Uh, oh, no, well, in that case... Well, you idiot. No, of course it wasn't the bass player. The bass player looks like my banana tree that lives in Sarasota, for Christ's sake. You know, but I mean, I was like, whoa, that is wack. That is wacky. You know, and I'm waiting for a punchline. But it just doesn't come. What comes instead is a period with parentheses around it three times, you know? Sometimes I scroll back to see if he's having a conversation with himself and I can make sense of it that way. But that doesn't work either. Well, and when Joe, when you're in that mood, dude, like there's no changing the subject. There's no kind of like getting to the conclusion of that series of texts. And so I thought, you know what? I I could start to engage here, but it's never going to end. I was always warned not to encourage odd behavior. (laughs) Okay, so this is from a a Vice article talking about Gigante. And just affirm for me, fellas, that this is actually his method now. So this is uh, taken out. The interviewer says to the person he's interviewing, okay, we have to talk about the odd father nickname and his strange behavior. And the person being interviewed said, the nickname was bestowed on Gigante by the New York tabloids in tribute to his bizarre street persona. In a long and successful effort to dodge police and prosecutors, walk the streets of Greenwich Village dressed almost like a homeless man, ratty bathrobe, funky cap, and slippers. The outfit was accompanied by bizarre behavior that ranged from chatting with parking meters to pissing on the street. To me... I totally remember that that yes. story about that gangster, now that you bring that up again. Yeah. Yeah. If totally the, remember that. If there was an Oscar for best performance running a mob family, he would have retired the award. And and I think we're seeing it play out right here. I, I think this is right, actually absolutely. What, and and his comment on the site was right in character. Yeah, no, because you because he's been exposed. He, 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 the uh, I don't know what's going on. Yep. Routine has yep. has been exposed, and, uh, and within literally within <laughs> it was twenty four hours. Right. Uh, he he goes from clueless to fucking crazy. Now I don't. Now, oh, oh, you know not, I go from clueless to crazy. Hey, that was actually pretty good, Greg. That's yeah. not bad. Right, it's not that I uh, that I don't know what's going on. 
It's that uh, even if I'm aware of what's going on, it's, uh, oh, I'm a squirrel. Uh, it's, um... <laughs> there is absolutely no defense against that strategy. Like, if he gets enough people just thinking that he's uh, out there, he's going to be able to make trades that people think they're getting one over on him, and, and it, it doesn't, the, the outcome is the same. I will, I will say my investigative reporting on calling out a very sober text from Joe about checking out the stats page. It was just one text in a line of many, many texts. Never talked about it again. It, I, I, I knew at that moment he had slipped up. His intelligence shone through, and then it was gone, and, and he didn't think I saw it. He's been really, really good about it, but every now and then, once in a, in a blue moon, he slips up and, oh, uh, remember what uh, this particular gentleman said about uh, Moustakis's, uh in OBP back in September of 16. Yes, yes. We're on to you, Joe. We're on to you. Now, yeah, next next comes the fucking Rain Man. Well, there was another moment of humanity that Joe let slip through. Um, You know, know, so this bizarre avant-garde stream of consciousness in these texts uh, that, I mean, honestly, they they did disturb and frighten me. And then the next day, when there was actual happenings in the league, you know, when your when your brother went off and there was actual happenings in the league and we're texting back and forth about that, like, you know, in the, the tail end of that stream of text, Joe was like, I don't have time for this. I'm doing yard work. <laughs> 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 but, you know, he, he has time to text, uh, some, you know, symbolic gibberish uh, two in the morning. But when we're actually talking about something of interest to our league, you know, Joe was busy pruning the, the, the plant. <laughs> but again, that actually, maybe that isn't a moment of humanity. Maybe it's just like, boy, that is so odd that when we're actually talking about something of interest and substance, Joe doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah, maybe, it is, you know, as I'm thinking this through, right, maybe right. that wasn't a moment of humanity. It's right. more madness. It's um yeah, keep yourself out of the situation. The more the less time that you're in the situation and possibility of being exposed, then the more the higher the probability is that your fucking gamut can continue. And, and oh, for sorry for guys, li- I gotta go prune Gene Simmons. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and for you guys listening at home, don't forget, you know, we can all see each other the way we do this call. And Joe looking very much like that uh, disembodied floating head because of his dark shirt and background is just glaring at us menacingly. <laughs> he, he is on the air. He's with us. And he he's is just, with us. He's yes. glaring at us. You know, I, I would his, just like to say dead is... NyQuil eyes. You know? <laughs> it's, it's so nice to be living rent free in everyone's head. Joe is the boogeyman. You know, when I when I wake up at night screaming, it's Joe's disembodied <laughs> head floating above my bed. It's, you know, at some point, guys, we're going to have to figure out a way to give this guy some fucking credit. Otherwise, we're going to get our ass kicked all season by some fucking old guy that doesn't know what the fuck's going on mm. and is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, the, the genius of madness, right? Jeez. Uh, wow. Wow. We love you, Joe. We love you. We do, Joe. I can tell. (laughs) It's all admiration. You're in a safe place. Don't think (laughs) of Oh, my God.
Guys, I read a, a, this has nothing to do with baseball or any of us in particular, but I read the most humorous article about a German guy who went into a police station um, because he, he didn't know how to break up with his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> in the least. It's, it's, it's true. It, it was a, uh, a German guy walked into a police station because he was afraid to break up with his girlfriend. He didn't know how to do it. So they assigned a female off. I mean, how this got onto it, like <laughs> CNN's website, I have no idea. But he was assigned a female officer, um, and and and, and, and she made the, the she made several suggestions to him. You know, like you know, <laughs> listen to Paul Simon and you know, uh, Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover and so forth. And then the conclusion of the story was <laughs> oh, that he left the station, and she, and she doesn't know what the conclusion of the story was. You know bizarre that, that was it that was there was no 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 and well i mean i had my own unusual well couldn't couldn't she have just told him just ghost her yeah just ghost yeah, her. That's true. just ghost yeah. her you know guys you know i've uh i don't consider myself a ghoster um i just consider myself you know efficient practicing uh you know no efficient <laughs> and being honest and stuff but but i you know and so in that regard i i you know I feel like I give honest feedback and, you know, and such is life and I can't control people's feelings. So gentlemen, uh, thank you again. This has been a weird week. We recorded on two different nights. The podcast will be getting out a little later than usual. We'll get back on track this Sunday. And uh, I got to tell you, I had fun. I had fun talking to all of you. And uh, I love you guys. You. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love all of you too. Um, and uh, even your crazy ass Joe. Um <laughs> And uh, Jack, thanks again for for being a proxy. I know that uh, you were doing your best to to kind of bring the argument to the table, and I thought you did a great job. And ultimately, for me, it turned out good because I I got a chance to talk to Chris and Mike, and and uh, ended up with a trade that I feel good. And hopefully, the hex is yeah. gone. And, Jack's and working think... the losing end of the Scopes Monkey Trial. That's what I'm advocating for tonight. <laughs> I think I think if anything, the, uh, the 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 lesson learned here again is uh, is communication. So uh, hopefully everybody continues to uh, to try to bridge those gaps and gets to know each other well enough that uh, that they don't uh, feel offended when a when a trade goes down. I bought some stationery and uh, some individually wrapped chocolates, and now every time I have a trade offer, I'm going to send a handwritten note. <laughs> And a, and, a, and a personally selected chocolate to each member of the, of the league. I like Kit Kat. And I'm going to wait patiently. Guys, this sounds like the ending of an after-school special right now. <laughs> the Braves, the, Dave O'Brien's tweet, the Braves lost tonight but shall never lose again, for Ronald Acuna <laughs> has been summoned to the big leagues. Let the pigeons loose. <laughs> That's awesome. Good night, fellas. Good night, boys. Good night.
insane I was feeling worse Then the words come out Fell on some keys Then this song walked out of me Lost my head I sat and we liked it there Lost my head there I don't wanna Talk about it Yell about it I don't know Maybe I Psychosis all sweet I don't wanna
Tim's going to be cranky tonight. I don't know if it's because it's work night or what, but I'm already sensing that cranky Tim <laughs> is on air tonight. Please don't put that out. That will not be um, on there. So. That'll be that'll be in the outtake episode. Uh, that you have to subscribe on YouTube he'll, for. He'll never make it to the end. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch kind of beard going there, right? You know what? I do. <laughs> I never looked at him and thought, boy, Pennsylvania. Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> well, there might be one key difference, but still. My Max head. Yeah, because he's got. Because the, the background's darker than normal, yeah, too. Yeah, like the Wizard of Oz. It's like a disembodied yeah. floating head, which is yeah. nice. Like it is. <laughs> Alexa, set the lights at NyQuil. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It... 